I'm Brad. I'm Justin. And I'm the Cinemaiden. We're just three friends hanging out chatting movies. We are the Cinema Guys. Welcome to the show. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Cinema Guys. This is a very special episode. Ooh, why is it special, Brad? Well, we just did a screening at the Esquire of the Monuments Men with a representative from the Art Museum. Uh, and it was a very big turnout. It was, it was a very good turnout. It was a very fun event. I enjoyed it. It was the first time I'd, I had ever seen the movie, so I'm excited to be talking about it. Actually, is the first time you saw it? Second. Second, okay. But I hadn't seen it in a long time, to be yeah. fair. I feel like this was almost... The, I actually logged it on Letterboxd because I was like, this seems like such a new watch for me. I'm just going to go ahead and log it because I don't... Re- I just remember seeing it. That's about it. If this is your first time in, welcome. Typically, we do new movies, but this one, we kind of wanted to coincide with this screening and the event that the art museum is having right now. Uh, yeah, if you live in Cincinnati, in. go check out the event. And if you're returning for another episode, I guess if you live in other event. cities too, you, you could, could check come out to the Cincinnati too. We were on his podcast, The Art Palace, and who's now he? who's he? Yeah. Who's he? I'm getting there. Okay, I'm getting there. We didn't know. I, I had to do like a How little like intro. How are we supposed to know, Brad? We didn't you didn't know we give were us going. the book report. If I was listening, it would have been like, "Who's he? Who's he?" Well, okay, Him? you want the book report really quick? Yes, we, we are. We have a guest. We have Russell from the Cincinnati Art Museum with us. We will bring well, him in in just he, a second. Justin. Oh. We are going to play cinephile with him mm, before we talk Monuments Men and at home recommendations. Does it matter? Yes. Thank you okay. for that. that so, uh, beginning, middle, and, and end. He <laughs> can be Russell now. Like I said. We have Russell from the Art Museum. We were recently on his podcast, The Art Palace, where we kind of talk the history of the cinema guys and then walk the Monuments Men exhibit, talking on the floor. And now we're bringing him in to talk Monuments Men with us. And welcome in, Russell. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to get to talk about a movie and not about this exhibition. <laughs> I, feel like, oh I feel like I'm actually more better suited, I, or at least I have more opinions about this movie um, than I do about maybe the exhibition. So I'm, I'm really excited to get to be like, like really just talking about movies. I feel like I'm not working right now, which is nice. Well, just I, don't get nice. too opinionated because some listeners don't like that. No, you can do it. I do want to kidding. at some point go over some of the questions that were asked because I thought some of them were good, interesting, and Did you not. have to record okay. any of that? Uh, no, I did not. Okay, that's okay. Oh, the questions at the screening? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I thought he some of them were good. Them and sometimes um, or just yeah. interesting thoughts, I thought. And... I don't know. I'm, I was really interested in the whole vibe of that theater that night. It was an older, it, it, it older, was an older vibe. crowd. Yeah, it was an older crowd. Yeah, they who uh, of the hundred people, uh, four listened to podcasts. Listen Two to of them podcasts. were my uh, uh, friend and her husband. <laughs> when we passed Your child, out, and then one yeah. random man I didn't know. When we passed out the uh, DVD Blu-ray as a gift, they were glad that it had the plus DVD because <laughs> Blu-ray. 
is not uh, at their homes yet. No, it, it was a great event. And like we said, if you're in Cincinnati or if you're not and you're traveling to Cincinnati, go to the art museum and see the exhibit. We, I bet we could find a movie that fits every exhibit that the art museum does. Right? I mean, we oh. already kind of do that because we, we have uh, our own film program. And that is something that uh, one of my colleagues, Emily Bauman, who organizes that program, that's something she does a lot of is finding films that kind of coincide with exhibitions, sometimes in a very direct way and sometimes in Ooh. sort of indirect ways. Like we had uh, the Future Retrieval Exhibition, which are two artists who are still alive. Um, they're actually about my age, so they're they're very alive. <laughs> and they're from Cincinnati originally. Uh, actually, they're not from Cincinnati originally, but they both taught at uh, UC and they came to this area for, they lived here for quite a while. They wanted to, as for like a screening in conjunction with them, they wanted to do The Shining because Ooh. they were really heavily influenced by the design of the, sh- uh, of the okay. hotel and and so, so that's like kind of a interesting. an interesting connection that's not like quite so literal in in some of the cases where we're like maybe dealing with the time period or you know something like that. You could always do like Bill and Ted's if they go back to like the Renaissance time. Be like, this has to do with <laughs> that, it. Uh, no, that's true. We could, <laughs> but should you? Um, yeah, I'm guessing Pride we would and zombies. <laughs> uh, Abraham Lincoln, vampire assassin. That covers a span of artists and times. <laughs> it sure does. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All no, right. Notice he's not really jotting those down. Are we? Pl- t- uh, t- you know, <laughs> I'm not taking I just, any notes. It's all free material coming out of my head. It's always yeah, available. Just giving them away. Material. Just giving yeah. them away. Oh free God. material. Mm-hmm. Free material. All right. Let's play this game with the worst name ever. Well, we cinephile. We I don't hate call it. it cinephile. We renamed it. I forgot blame, what we renamed it. Blame it on the game. Oh, blame it on the game. That's right. So we're gonna do some blame it on the game. Blame, blame it on the, the game. game. Yeah, yeah. So, what are the rules of this game? Because I've There's never like played five different we games play it in three one. Different ways. Yeah, we do. We do three rounds. Each card has an actor and a movie for that actor. And the art is the worst illustrations ever. Most of them, if it's not like someone like Sylvester Stallone, who's obvious, you're like, who is this? So it's the first round we do. Do we do actor, movie, actor, movie? Yes. Is that what we do? That's my favorite one. That's Ashley's. uh, Actually, you're going to rack up points. No, I'll rack up points if we go this way. Because Ashley does not know a lot of... She does pretty good at the six degrees. Yes, she's good at that one. But the first first round, I pick a card and give an actor's name, and then the person after will give a movie the actor was in, and then the next person gives another actor from said movie. So it's you go actor, uh, movie, okay. actor, movie. And then if you get stuck, the person in front of you gets a point, or do we go until there's only one person left? I don't remember how we do it. We usually just do it till there's just one person. Okay, left. so if you're out, you're out. And Correct. Then, okay, got it. So that's that's the first round we do. The second round, we pick an actor, and you each person names a movie of them. So we just go around and name that movies. That one's the one that I'm the worst. So we exhaust actor. them of their yeah. of their filmography. And then the final round is a six degrees. We pick two cards, and you try to connect the two actors in the least amount of degrees okay got it all right so first card that i picked 
you know, setting this up for my oh, success you, as oh, always. God. Oh, so you, or you know, there's a movie listed on there. I hope you didn't read it. I actually it's didn't. Cheating. I read who, who it was, but I didn't okay. read what one. Your first actor. So which way are we going? Our guests go first? Yes. Okay. So your actor for this one is Adam Sandler. Punch Drunk Love. Oh, I love that you picked that one. That one? That's an interesting one. I'm a P.T. Anderson boy. Who else is in that movie? I've seen the movie once. I keep thinking of Spanglish and it's not that. Um, I knew I should have said any other movie because I was the, after I said I was like, oh, this one has like very few actors. I mean, I can name the other person in it, but I can name three other people in it. Well, he stumped yeah, you. Yeah, he stumped me. Like I've seen the movie once. I don't even know who's all in it, honestly. Can, can you name anyone, Justin? No, because I keep going to Rain Over Me or Spanglish, so it's not Don <laughs> Cheadle. No, I can't name one. I'm out for Punch Drunk Love. Well, I'm I'm out, so we would just draw another card. Yeah. All right, and man. Then start with you. This game is not going great, guys. All right, so <laughs> I'm, I'm out. Sorry. I won't no, do that that's one. right. Spirit what? of the game. You don't want to do that one? No, I don't. I know. I trust your opinion. It's fine. You ready, Justin? Yeah. Justin will start this off. Scarlett Johansson. Ooh. The Island. Ewan McGregor. Phantom Menace. <laughs> I like you picked one that's really popular. Who would you say? Phantom. No, he, he's, he's out. at the Phantom Menace. I'm out, so it's back oh, to you. Oh, I thought we were. Oh, I thought we started. Oh, Phantom Menace. I'll go with Liam Neeson. I have a very specific set of skills. <laughs> what is that movie called? That movie is called. Or you could pick a thousand other ones. Yeah, they, no, have, they so have the same script. Taken. Oh, I knew you were going to say that, and I've never <laughs> seen it. I was like, Whoa. I was just like praying. I was like, say, say love actually or something. Yeah. Oh, like, that's a good I one, know. but no, I think. But no, it's fine. Okay, you took Taken. I just like all, I, I've never seen any of the Taken movies, and all I know is he's angry and getting revenge, <laughs> and and I've heard more people make fun of Taken than I have. Like, I don't know anything yeah. about it, so the I first have one no is idea. Really who- good. After that, the yeah. I Aren't there three oh, of them? That yeah, one, the, the little girl is someone that we all know. Isn't uh, Famke Jensen, his wife, in that? I don't know. Is his daughter taken three times? No, it's someone <laughs> different each time. <laughs> that happened again. Oh, darn. <laughs> Sorry, we're going through it. You you did you did give up on that one, correct? Oh, yeah. I, yeah, okay. I, I surrendered immediately. Okay. I, I could right, not. So it's just me and get, you, Because the, the problem is yeah. the posters, aren't the posters for that just a big picture of Liam yes. Neeson, yeah. too? Like yeah. I, so I have like no other faces to yeah. associate with from yeah. a poster, just at least. keep in mind, you know? when I give my movies, I always try to make them very inclusive for everyone I thought, to... Okay, Justin, I thought about the first <laughs> to participate I in. All Ta- right. Taken is a very popular... I mean, it's a popular franchise. I just, okay. you, you know, I've never seen it. You ready? Yes. Kim Basinger. Okay. I'm going to go with... I don't know who that is. Batman. Which one? The one that she's in. Uh, the bat- one Michael 89. Keaton. Oh, jeez. We can't use him, Michael Keaton? Yes. Are you going Michael Keaton? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Let's go with Beetlejuice. Why not a writer? Ooh, okay. Let's go with Reality Bites. I think you might get her on that one. Is Paul Rudd in that one? I think so. Well, you got me. That was fun. I like going back and forth. All right. Next one, we are, we I draw an actor and we just, we go around and name movies that they're in. <sighs> this and is I, the one I, I feel out so immediately. I so I didn't see. All right. So we'll let Russell, you're going to start us off again. 
Or you do okay. you want do you elect to not start off, or is it oh, easier for you to start? Else. I don't care. It's fine. This one's start just movies. You don't have to pick an actor. It's just a movie. And then yeah. Brad next. Did you do at least go through someone who has more than one film? Yes. Actress is Amy Adams. All right. Junebug. I'm gonna go Man of Steel. I will go the Justice League, the Snyder Cut. I'm gonna go Hillbilly Elegy. Ooh. Damn, that one. was gonna be mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's that Disney movie? Is it called Ella Enchanted? No, it's just called Enchanted. I love that movie one. so yeah. much. I love that movie so much. I think it's so great. Anyways, right. but yeah. So I'm going um BVS, Batman vs. Superman. All right. Can I do Justice League? No. The theatrical no, version? <laughs> no. no. I mean, technically, they're two different no, films. They are two different I films. will go with Sunshine Cleaning. Oh, she was in that one alien one, right? That's right. He came from Krypton. No. The, um, not arri- <laughs> Arrival. Oh, I know what movie you mean. Arrival. Yep. yep. Yeah. Arrival. Yeah. I liked that one a lot. That was a good movie. The Master. Mm. We're, we're I know. getting down now. <laughs> Was she in Julia and Juliet or Julie and Julia, the cooking movie? Was she the young? No, that was yes, Emma Stone. She was the chef. She was she, the new was one. Was she the new chef with, because uh, uh, I, I, I think I it might have been Emma can, Stone can, now. Can I look it up? Cast, yes, Amy Adams. Mm, I nailed oh. it. Good job. Wow. Amy Adams and Meryl Streep. Oh, man. I pulled that one out of nowhere. <laughs> All right. All right. Leap year. Wow. Good one. I love that's a great movie too with uh with my boy um yes. uh, uh Gerard uh, Jerry Butt Gerard, Gerard Butler. Butler yes <laughs> Jerry Butt Jerry Butt <laughs> Oh Jerry Butt I love him oh I love gosh. that movie I keep trying to just like picture her in different roles and I like I think I'm I think I'm out I don't think I have any more I think you've stolen them all I know there's got to be something that I'm forgetting are you gonna look her up look just Brad. to see? I, I would have been out. I couldn't think of anything. Does that mean I win? Oh, no, you. I have to do one more to get you. Can I say her role in The Office? Because no, she was no. in one episode Movie. of The Office. No. All right. <laughs> uh, uh, once I look it up, I'm like, oh yes. <laughs> All right, hold on. Then don't tell me. I'm going to think. Amy Adams. Amy Adams. Eh, I'm out. All right. What? What am I missing? Ashley, you won. I did not win. Uh-huh, Wait, am I the last one standing? Yeah. Oh. Holy hell, this well, is the first so, time I ever won. Some of her other movies, she was in Vice. Oh, yeah. She was in... Oh, she was in Vice. She was in American Hustle. American Hustle is a good movie. She was in The Fighter. Oh, dang it, you're right. She's oh. been in a lot more than I thought. Night Jeez. at the Museum. Uh, I, got <laughs> I would one. never guess that one. Was she in Wedding Crashers? No, that was Isla Fisher, her oh. twin. yeah. Isla Fisher. Not real twin, but like the one that people always in, get mixed wow, with. Wow, she's yeah. in a lot. She's in Catch Me If You Can. Wow, guys, we really failed Amy Adams. <laughs> yeah, sorry, <laughs> a- sorry, <laughs> AA, when you, you listen a, to this. A round a couple times. Yeah. All right, let's that, do one more round of that. One more round of this. Okay. Pick a good one. So the card that I just drew. <gasps> Slash loan. <laughs> I think I'll win this. Sylvester Stallone. We're going to do one more round oh, of movies. I'm going to be really good at this. I have a lot of cataloged. Who wants to start? Who are we starting with? We'll start, Russell, with you. Go. And then go okay. to Brad, then me, then Ashley. Demolition Man. Yeah, such a good movie. So, <laughs> I love that movie. I'm going to ask you, we've done this before. Does each mo- Can you pick each movie like, you know, oh. in the franchise? Or if you pick that franchise, is it just I think, let's, for the time's sake, let's say a franchise is a franchise. But 
the Rockies cover Creed's? Yes. They're part of the franchise. I mean, they're in the same universe, but All right, technically so different Ashley movies. says yes. So if you say Rocky, you're covering nine movies. movies. Well, I'm not going to say Rocky. I'm going to say Judge Dredd. I'm going to say Cliffhanger. I'm going to say Rocky. <laughs> uh, Rambo. Yes. That covers all of them. I'm going to go Daylight. I'm going to go Cobra. Ooh, that's a good movie. Come on, it's Slash I don't watch Sylvester Stallone movies. <laughs> I do. I love him. So I want him to be my dad. Um, was that that? No, that was that was Arnold Schwarzenegger, the one where he was getting the toy for his kid. Jingle all the way. Yeah. I don't it's know. Not I'm a out. tumor. All right, yeah. Ashley's all right. out. Sylvester Stallone's not my Oscar. thing. Oscar. Ooh, Oscar. Hey, what's that? What's that? What's that screen in your glasses? I see there. Are you cheating? It's it's. <laughs> no, I'm writing down my. I'm writing down uh, mm-hmm. ones. Convenient, see, Russell. I trust Convenient. Russell. <laughs> trust see, I, well, you can't really see my. my <laughs> I'm it's kidding. Notes. I'm it's kidding. Not. It's okay. We're gonna go. Tingo. Oh, that's what I was gonna do. That was my. That was my next one. Tingo and Cash. All right. Uh, Tingo and Cash. Uh, I'm gonna go the Expendables. Ah, damn. Oh, the Expendables is <laughs> a good one. <laughs> I didn't want to say that one because I think it's the better one. ones. That was the last one I wrote down, so I was like, ah, that's all I got. <laughs> Wait, there's one that came out this year, guys. Oh, don't, 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 don't. Oh, 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 you're right. Oh, my gosh, you're right. Oh, you're, you, you just gave it to me, Ashley. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the ones I had. I know, I'm sorry, Justin, you can't say it, Russell. You can say it, you say can, it. Uh, well, now I have to make sure I get the title right, whether it has the article or not. It was, this one was called The Suicide Squad. Yeah. Yep. All right, Brad, you go. Okay. <sighs> <laughs> I had that one logged. The, uh, the Specialist. Ooh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I was going to say, that better be your other one. The second volume two. And I one. I guess he's in. Oh. Is he in one? Whatever. They count as all. Covers well, the who is he in that? Uh, he was one of the uh, uh, Ravengers. Yeah, he was the one that wouldn't see him off in a you know honorable way until the very end. Oh yeah, I do not remember <laughs> this at all. Uh, get okay, Carter. I think I'm out. Oh yeah, you skipped him, dude. Oh yeah, you're not. I'm out anyway. It's oh. fine. I really, I would not have come up with anything. All right, get, get Carter. Get Carter. Uh, Copland. That was gonna be my next one. Drive. Grudge match. Oh my god, you're so into this. I think you got me. I can't think I, more. I might have been exhausted at that point. I, I could have thought of more, I think. Man, that was a good one. All right, last game. All right, so six degrees. I have two actors. You can see how closely the less steps you can do it. So actor number one, Tom Hanks. Oh. And actor number two, the one and only Nicolas Cage. Oh, my God. What is considered short? <laughs> four to five. In this game. Four. Like four between. Yeah. Oh, okay. Then I'm good. Honestly, you guys probably. I mean, we probably you could have used Monuments Men as like a really good wheel. Of, yes, actually, that was part of mine. Yeah, because that's like a real John like, Goodman and George Clooney is how I connected those. Oh, uh, yeah. I didn't. I didn't use it, but I was just thinking like that's actually probably a good route it's one to keep in your back pocket for future games yeah my go-to my other go-to is always uh oh brother where art thou 
Yeah, that's yeah. Big. I was like, I kind of was trying to think of big ensemble casts because. Yeah. Go ahead, Russell. What do you got? Okay, so I've got Tom Hanks is in Catch Me If You Can with Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes, mm-hmm. Leonardo DiCaprio is in Django Unchained with Samuel L. Jackson. Ooh, okay. Samuel L. Jackson is in Pulp Fiction with John Travolta. And John Travolta is in Face Off with Nicolas Cage. Oh, That's a good one. That could have shortened mine. So I did Tom Hanks to Matt Damon in Monuments Men for The Unite. Uh, Matt Damon with George Clooney in Ocean's Eleven. George Clooney with Ving Rhames in Pulp Fiction. Ving Rhames with Nicolas Cage in Con Air. See, you can do, I can do it with three movies then. Wait, so how did you get to Matt Damon again? Um, sorry, I met uh, Tom Hanks and Matt Damon in Saving Private Ryan. I didn't mean to say Monuments oh, okay. Men. Okay. Yeah, sorry. he said Monuments Men. I was like, um, Tom Hanks was not in this movie. Saving, <laughs> Saving Private Ryan. Sorry. So what it, could you do Tom Hanks to Brad Pitt with Catch Me If You Can? Brad Pitt to George Clooney in Ocean's Eleven. George Clooney. Then he just gave me George Clooney. To, no, what's that woman's name from uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? He's a bona fide. Holly Hunter. Uh, is that Holly Hunter? She's a hunt. Uh, Arquette. That's Holly Hunter. Is Patricia Ar- yeah, it is. Because then she was in Raising Arizona with Nick Cage. Yeah. But didn't you say, did you say uh, Brad Pitt is in Catch Me If You Can? That's what you said. No, he's not. No. What did you say? Leo. Caprio. Leo. 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 Um, Sorry. So I could have shortened it from, because George Clooney is with Samuel Jackson in Out of Sight. And uh, then. That one, see, this one, I'm not good at Tom Hanks movies. All right, that was fun. Before we move into Monuments Men, I want to say become a patron of the show at patreon.com slash the cinema guys, and you can give us a top this to do in a future episode. But let's talk Monuments Men. You want to get into the war? Monuments Men. I'm to put a team together and do our best to protect buildings, bridges, and art before the Nazis destroy everything. How many men? Six. Jesus. Well, with you at seven. That's much better. Do you want to go into a war zone with some architects and artists and tell our boys what they can and cannot blow up? That's right. Aren't we a little old for that? Yes. We go through basic and then we wait for orders. Basic? A little help. Basic training. <laughs> oh, boy. Do we do our ratings first? Everyone rate it? Yes, we, we do a ratings out of five. And then we will go into what we call the Ruinsies discussion of the movie. So we will give spoilers yes, and anything we else. Nothing so. spoiler free. <laughs> well, I would say that when I originally saw this movie, I guess in 2014, although I felt like it was much longer ago than that, I probably would have given it pretty low stars because I remember not thinking it was fun or good. Uh, but this time I really enjoyed it. Like, there definitely has some issues with a lot of it, especially it's weird patriotism, but I did. I, you know, I liked it. I gave it a four, four stars. Oh, okay. Wow. wow. Oh, I enjoyed it. I, and it made me think I had conversation afterwards about like things. And I, I like movies that I talk about, about the next day. I had conversation about things. Yeah. If I, if I talk about a movie the next day, <laughs> I think that generally means I enjoyed it. If I don't ever talk about it again, then I yeah I yeah I just like to talk yeah Sam there you go that makes sense what's yours uh, I gave it a three it was better than I thought it would be but not amazing I was entertained hmm. are and you not I, entertained and I didn't get bored during the movie which is usually what I have an indicator about that's fair yeah I th- I think I'd be also a firm three 
probably as well. Maybe maybe dipping into two and a half, but I'll bump it up <laughs> to a three I, I, <laughs> to keep it a, an even number. Yeah, I, I would probably be about the same as you, Russell. Like it would be on the low end of the three between two and a half and three. Yeah. Like I thought it was fine. I was entertained in a lot of parts, but there was a lot that I had issues with. Keep in mind, the same guy gave five to the movie Pig with Nicolas Cage. Four and a half. Because it was a compelling, broken story of a man. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I'm not the only one. Well, you can find people who agree on everything, I'm sure. Well, there's a lot of people that agree on that. I would question what a lot means, but a lot of people that you know, <laughs> I bet. Anyways. <laughs> I've not seen Pig, but I, I am intrigued. Oh, God, don't but do we it. Are, we are not here to discuss Pig. Um, <laughs> no, we are here to discuss the Monuments Men. So, yeah, you know, I yes. it's... I I liked it. I thought it was fun. Um, I like. I just I love the cast. I thought Bill Murray was a fun addition to this sort of Coen Brothers cast that I got. I but I think the thing I remember not liking in the beginning was I did not like. Or when, sorry, when I saw it a long time ago, was I went in thinking I was going to see a comedy, like a war kind of Coen Brothers sort of comedy, and this had like some comedic moments, but it definitely was not a comedy. Uh, it, and I think that you felt it did have comedic moments, that but it, I, it didn't know what it was. Yes, sort of. yes, that was my yeah. biggest issue. Yeah. Was yeah. it would go hard comedy, but then it would take this hard line and like, okay, all of a sudden we're a drama now. And yeah. I so just I didn't think like that the reason hard that they change. did that was because they didn't want the movie to be super serious, but it's a super serious subject. So no. they were trying to figure out a way to make it more lighthearted. I just think it didn't land. Yeah, I. I which I I get, but yeah, it was just like a hard change to it instead of like we're gonna move into it getting a little more serious now instead of like right well, one moment we're cracking jokes, next minute we're finding a barrel of teeth. When I think that's yeah, I think that's what's hard is yeah. because you can't talk about that war without mentioning the atrocities oh, of absolutely. that war. So you can't. So I think that's what they were trying. Oh, oh, let's remind people that people died. Here's a barrel of their teeth. Yeah, like. <laughs> Well, yeah, and it also it like it kind of undercuts the sort of the stakes of we're trying to save art when you also remind people like oh yeah, and six million Jews were killed, yeah. right? Yeah. Like it's it's like a little bit weird because like do we really care about the Ghent altarpiece still if we're thinking about like literal people burning yeah. and not just like you know it's like that's the thing that I don't know like the movie has a problem in that that weirdness like not only in its tone of like should this movie bring up like genocide but also like that it makes you kind of be like well you know who cares about some art do i don't you know i'm the person that works at a museum and i'm saying <laughs> do you that, think so, that so you know. what we learned from russell at the art museum is that really uh monuments men wasn't you know eight dudes it was 300 men and women or hundreds of men and women it's like 350 uh, people, who yeah. were doing this was actually when i was watching that makes a lot more sense that they could do what they do and uh, i was actually uh two nights ago at an open house at my son's school and we were in his social studies room I was like oh look they traveled from when we saw monuments the other day they traveled and i'm looking i was like that's a lot of traveling for like eight dudes during a wartime too. and to like procure everything and spend time like anyways so that makes more sense that there's a lot more people in it but i wonder if that's why they cut it down to eight to be like oh just a little bit of troops were doing something that's less important than everyone else 
well, and even the eight men, they made it seem like, well, oh, we got to go back here now. And it's like, it seemed like it was just a hop and a skip to like get back and forth between places. Yeah, I actually, I think eight is too many. I mean, I get it. Like there are plenty of movies where that are about war that focus on one or two characters, you know? Mm. So I don't necessarily know why we needed this huge ensemble cast. Cause I think one of the things that happens is that we don't spend enough time with almost anyone to actually get a sense of who any of these people are. Like I was trying to think about like, what do I know about any of these characters? And I came up with that. I know George Clooney has a son. Oh, geez, and I don't think I knew that. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's, that's about right. because he goes in and he sees the kid in his yes, bed, that's right. and that's it. That. And then, and then, really, we know these very superficial things about them. Okay, I know Bill Murray's an architect because when we first see him, he's like on some you know scaffolding skyscraper being built. And then, yeah, we know that John Goodman is a sculptor. Matt Damon is apparently um, married and is not going to cheat on his wife. Yeah, <laughs> e- e- even yeah, with- we do learn that. I guess that's something we know about even him. with Kate yeah, Blanchett. Coming at him hard of like, you know, you stay here with me. Well, I was thinking about that, too. (laughs) Halfway through the movie, I was like, I guess they all know a lot about art. I guess. Right. I'm assuming. Yeah. So Matt Damon is supposed to be a curator, but he, of course, in the first scene we meet him, he's doing conservation. Yeah, he's doing the same thing that Gal Gadot's doing in Wonder Woman, (laughs) like brushing off the white marble statues. That's what they do in museums. Yeah. Also, also not so. Yeah, that's also you know Gal Gadot is also like uh, supposed to be a curator, but also yeah. doing work that is not what curators. <laughs> How many do. times are like you walking around the Cincinnati Art Museum and so. you see people up on ladders brushing off white marble statues? Because that seems to be all you do. Uh, I mean. Well, I mean, there are people who do that. They're called conservators. That's their job. Like, they conserve art. It's just it's a separate job from curator. But I think, like, muse- like a lot of people only know a few jobs that people in museums have, and they kind of, like, smash them together for, you know, the It'd be way cool if you saw them with, like, a chisel, like, popping new chunks into the marble pieces just for fun. <laughs> just for fun. <laughs> just to, yeah, that's definitely not something you should do. That is, like, an anti-conservator. I yeah, guess. <laughs> it is a good point. You don't really know... Uh, and the Frenchman who shows up, he sort of just shows up into the band and you don't know anything about him either other than they go to his house for He's a French. second, right? <laughs> and and it, he says to give the letter to his wife and kids yeah. or something. And I, I felt like, because George Clooney directed this movie, I felt like he was he wanted to make an Oceans type of movie with an ensemble cast, but didn't know exactly how to tie it to this story into world war ii and everything else because because there are parts where there was some of that dialogue like an oceans movie yeah that, you know going back and forth and it's like oh yeah we're in world war ii and there's other stuff happening so we got to do this and then we'll go back to the like the the witty well like because there were some real like, moments like the scene where they play bill murray's kid children and wife on the record and he breaks yes, down yes. in the shower. That's a really cool that's, scene. Yeah, a, oh, it's yeah, sort of isolated from scene. the rest of the film. Yeah. Like it doesn't really fit, but yeah. it's a cool scene. Yeah, it's a sweet scene also because we see Bob Balaban. Like it, th- that's another thing I don't quite understand. Like Bob Balaban and Bill Murray are supposed to not like each other, but why? Yeah. We don't really oh, yeah. know. No. Like I I don't see there's any motivation don't call for me that. Like, call him private. Yeah. <laughs> also, I felt like the two people I didn't recognize that weren't huge actors that I would recognize, they're the ones that died, obviously. Like, 
Oh, Hugh Bonneville, who's mm. from Downton Abbey. Yeah. I just feel like yeah. they're not as big name as the other ones, and or as recognizable. And Jean Dujardin. Well, so, yeah. like they were, they were the ones yeah. who were going to obviously be killed in the film. And so I think that's Which, what that was I'd... a little too on the nose for me. I, I want like John Goodman or yeah. like yeah. George Clooney to die instead. It, I felt. Did John Goodman get shot, or did he just all of a sudden have a cane and a limp after no, that no. scene? No, no, no. He got shot because I know he was trying to escape, but oh, then I, I didn't see him physically get shot. So oh, he was, I think scene, he was he just like more worried about and he was limping about his partner. I think that's what I liked about this movie is that it kind of ca- I didn't I I thought I was gonna probably fall asleep, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was there there was enough interesting scenes that it kept me going. So, for instance, also the scene. Where they're in the the art guy, the the Nazi's house, and he has all the art there in his house, and he's oh. lying. Oh, I thought yeah. that was oh, a, yeah. it. Reminded me of the opening scene of um, Inglorious Bastards, Bastards yeah. a little bit. I was like, it was just a yeah. good. There were some good scenes. Again, I don't know if they all fit together as what are a those cohesive oh, yeah. story. That artists do when it's like a study before they do like the the big one that they want to the big painting the thing what it, it's called is a that study. what it's called so like i feel like this yeah, movie could probably yeah. be like a study of like inglorious bastards or like any of those big movies that we think of because it had so much of all of those kind of trickled in that it was like them figuring those little kind of pieces out before they did which to be fair that might be done after or before and yeah. timelines might not work but i feel like that's what it felt like to me but yeah it, it was like a lot of different movies and he just couldn't figure out how to piece them all together yeah. into one. Maybe yeah. he did. Maybe this is what he wanted. Maybe, this is what it, he wanted. maybe it is. It, it definitely, I was thinking about the scene you just mentioned too of like that kind of working and another th- element of that scene that works is Kate Blanchett yeah. who is also maybe I think the best in yes. this movie out of anybody yeah. who's maybe also I think has, has a role that is actually maybe a little better mm. written too in that she has a little more personal motivation. She's got this whole like brother right. and the you, resistance. You do know There's a lot like, about her, right? Again, we know a little bit more about her. We learn a little bit more about her in the very first scene, yeah. even when she just like spits in his, his drink. <laughs> that was it's such funny, a great yeah. scene because it's like also, but it's telling us something about her. Like she is, she is sort of discreetly you know, defiant, mm-hmm. right? So she is, that is her role. So it's like, it's actually kind of a nice scene of her spinning. Cause it's like, yeah, she is behind the scenes screwing them over in other ways too. Mm. So I think that's like sh- her character felt a little more flushed out, even though she has like probably the least amount of screen time of anyone and everyone else are like very good actors, mm. right? Like everybody's doing a good job of being, them you know so it's like every time bill murray's on screen you're fine with it because he's bill murray but it's like i think this movie coasts by completely on those people knowing how to be charming mm. and yeah. not necessarily on the merits of, that it brings right. like through its story or anything so it's like yeah it's like bill murray's great bill murray's great at being bill murray you know but nobody like we were talking about the comedy of this movie and it's also that's the other thing is like the music is doing most of the comedy mm. lifting. Yeah, it did. Here. Like when it was very comedic, it was very like upbeat, like like Driving Miss Daisy. The theme of that, where it's all do 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 kind of like it's like this. Yeah, totally happy go lucky. And then it got serious. Like it got like the serious score. Well, the scene where they smoke a cigarette with the German soldier. I liked that. That was like 
I thought should have been intense, but because you're right, because of the music, you knew, hey, this is all gonna work yeah, out. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna this be. Is gonna it's be gonna be, gonna be okay. Right. It's gonna be all right. Yeah. Just another thought I had about like the comedy in it really early on when George Clooney meets Matt Damon's character for the first time. He says, "There's a Michelangelo joke to be made." When he like comes yeah. in and I thought, no, there's not. <laughs> there is no joke. Because if there was a joke, you would have said a joke. Instead, you said there is oh a joke, God. but there's oh not. There is no joke. Like the joke like what is the joke? What's funny that like he's on his back painting like Michael you know, like try to imagine a scenario where he comes in and says something that is actually funny there <laughs> instead of like what happens, which is he says there's a joke about Michelangelo to be made, which is supposed to make the audience go, ha ha, I understand that because Michelangelo painted the Sistine Chapel and that's funny. It's not funny. That's not a joke. Oh my God. <laughs> um, that's good. That's on that savage. note, uh, my son, Archer, who's 11, had the best joke of the night when Hitler was looking at his... <laughs> like as his like the model the, the Fuhrer Museum, yes. museum. Archer Fuhrer leans museum. over and goes what yeah. is this <laughs> uh, art museum for ants <laughs> and I, love I that thought that, that was a great line um no so I have a so we didn't we hit uh, on it but we didn't really get back to it so I thought the mo- the question the movie was really asking it asked about the whole movie and then it asked point blank at the end was it worth is this art lives? worth human life yeah. so I want you guys to answer First, with just a yes or no in your own opinion, and then you can say whatever. Like, what would you say if you said, "Like, is was what they did worth the sacrifice of people dying?" And I know that this is more than a yes or no question. It, it, I just, I just, it, it is a deeper discussion. But I, I, right off the bat, I would say yes because, Ooh, okay, I, I think art is very important to the world, and a lot of these art pieces mm. were were very big works of art that you can never get back and it's if it's gone it's gone all right russell i think if the question was framed to me the way it was in the movie i would say no it's not like if you were like okay you know here is the madonna of bruges and here's hugh bonneville and you have to pick one of the lever two and yeah. one of them gets dropped into acid yeah. right <laughs> like if it was like a trolley problem yeah. i would not choose the Madonna of Bruges. So in that case, like is the artwork worth more than a human life? No, but at the same time, it's, it's like, it it gets into this bigger question of like, well, what is all of war about? Mm. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, you're kind of fighting for something kind of abstract and unknowable in a certain way. So it's like, the idea of like fighting for art and losing it, it's not like that different than fighting for culture since art is a part of Mm. culture. So it's like weird. It's like, yes, one-to-one, like what I does, is this art more important than this person? No. But the idea of like fighting for anything or fighting to preserve culture, like, so yeah, I just think like the art is a part of that thing you're fighting Mm. for. One of my favorite scenes in the movie, we can get your answers in a second, is when he finds the one painting and takes it to the apartment and hangs it back on the wall of the family, even though they're gone. He goes mm. back and wasn't that just up. a trick though to get like Kate Blanchett to, to I trust him? Like, but it's still. I was gonna say I feel like that scene, like his whole oh, relationship. Oh, you were following with, me the whole time. His Good whole relationship no. with her feels so weird to me. Like he's there for a very clandestine kind of 
like he everything he's doing for her feels not genuine. It feels he just he just wanted that ledger. He did, and then as soon as he got it, he left. It was like he he's had like, sex your, with her and then here's left. your tie back. Yeah. Like No, he said I like the tie. I, I dislike that she's sort of weirdly smitten I with know. him too, because I couldn't quite understand why she like what does she see in him other than that he's hungry? It, yeah. it seems, That's uh, it didn't seem all man. of a sudden. He's I just mean, a good, to be it's fair, Matt Damon. if there was Matt Damon and we were drinking in Paris, I wouldn't say no to him, but it, it did seem to turn quickly, like yeah. all of a sudden. Well, you're gonna you gotta dress up for my party, and then she's well. Like, she seems like she was only surrounded by like obscene German yeah, fellows. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. and she found someone she truly connected with because they both cared about something that that was okay. Similar. Ashley, art. I guess I didn't feel a lot of chemistry. No, between I didn't. Them, no. So I guess no. that's I where I was, it was like, more of like, you know, a, it didn't seem natural. Yeah. Um, I would say yes. Ooh. Only because I would never put that on someone. I would never look at that person and decide you are less important than this piece of art i think it has a lot to do with the free will of that person if they believe this thing that i'm fighting for is more important than my life i think that's something that we need to respect if they think hey i wanted to go out there and risk my life to save these five thousand pieces of art to give them to my children and future generations i think that's something we need to respect Mm. and i think that that's what this movie kind of showed that these people they believed that and they respected each other enough to let each other kind of go into these dangerous situations. So I think it's mine's a yes with another caveat of kind of similar to Russell's of like, but there's a different thing here that I'm saying yes or no to. I'm saying yes to letting that person choose what their life is worth. And if that person says my purpose here was to save the Madonna statue, then that's what they Mm -hmm. believe in that gives their life purpose. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I think I, that's almost my answer except for I just, mine is, I don't think it, art is worth it at all. Like, cause I also think that things can be recreated and new things can be made and there's always new things being made. I don't care are, actually. I don't, well, what I do think is people can choose the way they want to die yeah, and what they want to die for. And I think that's, that's okay. my bigger. Yes. If you want to die for it, then it's fine. I don't think, I don't think we should regulate what people can choose to want to die for, I guess. But, but I would never, but choose I, a person I don't think I, I don't think it's worth it. If we were, if it, the government was like, okay, we're making you now go in and get this. Well, if you, and if you, half of you going to die. If you laid it out that way, then I mean, I'm, I guess I'm not going to like, I'm not signing up to be a soldier to. either. So that's, yeah, you, I don't know, Brad, you didn't say, artwork. you said, yes, none of us you are soldiers and none of us ever were. So I guess none of us really thought fighting for the, that cause was also, worth I it feel like either. our generation is so weirdly our generation i would say that people born after this time period are so removed from war like war two people in world war two and the vietnam war i feel like were more in the war i don't know i feel like now like there can be a war happening in afghanistan and it doesn't feel so much like wartime does that make sense i think the question in the movie is reductive and the way that like if you were making a movie about the iraq war and you decided to end it with somebody being like well, was it worth yeah. it for this yeah. tank of gas? Yeah. You no, know? it's like three like, guys, one like, guy with a no. cigar. Well, and, but, it what? Like, I love it. It's like, this is the audience right. with the president all the time. This yeah. guy's, well, what do you think? Yep. But it's like at the same time, if you start going like, yeah, but it's not just like a tank of gas. It's like all yeah. tanks of gas. And it's also like, that's like, if you if you suddenly remove gas from our country, like that actually everything mm. would kind yeah. of fall apart pretty quickly. So it's like, actually, this gas does mean more than what you're just making out to be. Culturally, so, they were affected more by war back then. Yeah. And so that's what I'm thinking. I think the more was war was more in their face. Like people made sacrifices of like, especially in, in the UK, they had the war in their face. 
And so that's what I'm thinking right. more of. The war was Definitely. in their face more, a prevalent everyday thought. And here I feel like Americans can kind of separate the war from their mm-hmm. own reality a little bit. Um, you also mentioned the altarpiece of Ghent. And the movie made me believe that it was less about it being a cool piece of art and more about it being the cornerstone of the Catholic church or faith. That seemed like a weird uh, add-in. Yeah. I think this movie, I mean, this is another issue I have with this movie is it doesn't do a lot of, it doesn't, this is not a movie about art. Like, it's not actually a movie where anyone sort of ever makes you understand why maybe art is important. And I think actually uh, the fact that the two actual artworks that they focus on are Mm. both religious shows that they are using the religious works as sort of a shortcut to give Mm. cultural significance because it's a lot easier for people. An audience sees a big altarpiece with all these Christian iconography. They understand immediately why it's relevant, but they might not maybe feel the same way about like a Dutch still life or a Mm. landscape painting, right? Like the religious artwork bears a certain weight to it that is going to translate to many audiences immediately. Like a Madonna and Child translates to a lot of people. So I think, yeah, I agree. I kind of, I saw it as, as a shortcut that the movie was taking of having to not deal with the messy work mm. of, of explaining why art is important, <laughs> essentially by giving us art that we kind of in, internally got why yeah. it was important well, on a sort and of someone asked the question instead. that night, which I thought was the best question they asked was, Hey, this seemed really important in the 1940s. Are we, are there government agencies or military groups that are still going to preserve artworks in places that we're bombing now or in places in other parts of the world, which I know that you did not have an answer to, but I thought it was a really good question. It made me just think a lot about like where we're bombing in Afghanistan, because I'm sure there's really cool pieces there, especially like some old mosaics that have been covered up and plastered up. And I also think as Americans, as an institution that we're all a part of, whether we want to be or not, do most of us, not us in this room, but like, do most of us not care about Arabian art or maybe ancient Chinese art or Vietnam art? Like, is that just because we don't really value it and care about it? Or is there none? Or Oh, there is some. Yeah, obviously. But like, so why, why is the, why are these pieces? <laughs> art everywhere more important is because we know a history and we know stories about them and we don't and know the white. stories. So I'm just interested. I was interested in his question because I thought it was really good. Like why, why these pieces, why this time, why not other times and why not now? So I looked this up because I thought it was an interesting question as well. And there are still, this is still a thing that, that oh. the military does engage with though, maybe mm. not on the same level and not, in such a big organized way. So they are still hiring people who are experts in art in these areas. That's good. So it is something they still do. I mean, I think in the question of like, why, I don't think it's an, I mean, we're, it's a war that's taking place in Europe. Mm -hmm. So most of the art is European. So it's not like a big surprise. But yeah, I mean, no, I, I don't think there's any sort of, from the perspective of at least the people in the movie or a museum, like, no, like, of course, like, we have curators mm. of Asian art, of Islamic art. So like, yeah, we value that stuff just as much. In fact, like the museum has a huge, um, was given a very large donation recently where 
a lot of our acquisitions now are, are works from India, Pakistan, and I'm forgetting another country now, but um, there's a, it's called the Bimal Gift, and it was given specifically for mm. the collection of those works. So there's actually a huge emphasis on, on works from that part of the world mm. in our museum right now. And most of the museums, like, you know, in the movie, Matt Damon is a curator for the Met. Like, of course, the Met has a million curators for every, <laughs> every field and every part of the world. So most museums like ours, we are what we call encyclopedic museums. And we do, like, focus on all parts of the world, not just... European art and American art, not just Western art, but we're also interested in. So then would you say that because of, you know, everything you just mentioned and our knowledge of what's out there, would you say that we're more aware of where everything is? And, and also you said, and I thought it was good, not that you were like pro bombing or anything, but you were like, Hey, I think that when we bomb now, it's a little bit more precise than maybe it was in the 1940s. Like we can, when we're doing these horrific drone attacks, they're at least more, you know, targeted than maybe they were. So maybe there's not as much collateral damage in other places. Yeah, I think that I, I'm, I'm not. Hold on, a you're not expert, a military I, expert. I, sure I thought we were on. With true. A military expert. Like, I mean, Podcast. yeah. No, I mean, I, th- I think that's sort of one of the, you know, obviously not putting an actual soldier in in risk at risk is another benefit to drones. But I, you know, I think they are fairly precise. Obviously there's all these horror stories about when they're not and when they're a problem. So obviously there are things that could be at risk, but I'm just going to guess that the precision has probably improved a lot since the forties. So (laughs) I'm just going to guess things are maybe like a little more precise now where you could protect things. But I think, the point you brought up that's interesting of like the idea of value in art. I mean, yeah, they're probably not worried about the kids drawing that's Mm. hanging on somebody's fridge, right? Like a a distinction is being made at some point of Mm. what is and isn't important. And that's true of this story as well, where you're bringing in, you know, curators and sculptors and things. And that's basically their job, right? Is to make that distinction, and to say, yes, we think this is important, right. this isn't important. And that is kind of the game that museums play as well. Like, that's what we do. Yeah, you shared the story of American Gothic, which I thought was a good uh, metaphor. There oh, just as how value, value changes. Yeah, because it, it's sort yeah. of gone in and out of fashion over t- history of like when it was, you know, first painted, it was celebrated, then it kind of became out of fashion and then became very in fashion again. And now it's, you know, this icon of American art. So yeah, things can kind of go in and out. Like art is worth what somebody pays for it. It's worth what people want, you know, obviously that is kind of the darker side of this is like, yeah, we're not preserving every single thing. Somebody is at a certain point saying, yes, this is important. No, this is not important. And in this kind of instance, that might mean the things that we say are not important might be destroyed, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think that the movie tried at some point to try to push that of like, hey, this is just some art or these are more personal art over here. And then th- we, we want the stuff that's inside there. Yeah, I mean, they kind of deal with that with the um, the painting that's that you were, you brought up that scene where Matt Damon goes and takes that painting back to the apartment and hangs it up, which mm-hmm. struck me as 
I'm sure something that never happened, you know, that was immediately like, I was like, that didn't happen. That sounds like these guys got more, more work to do than to like go return one person's portrait. But I mean, that was an instance where they, I guess were engaging with that idea of like a personal connection with a personal work of art that may have not had any cult, big cultural significance might've been, you know, an unknown artist and it's just a family portrait, but it's very important to those people. Yeah. But it's not necessarily important to, you know, the culture. It's a pretty good, like family portrait. Yeah. It wasn't well, that bad. And then on the, on the flip side, when, after they burned a whole bunch of them and they, they found those, which also thing, never happened. Right. Well, they found the, the frame and, you know, they, they brush it off. Yeah. And this is Pablo, Pablo Picasso, Picasso and, they just, you know, it, it's like a big thing because everybody knows who <laughs> I was going to say. Is, yeah, it's, so they they make it seem like it's supposed to be a bigger th- mm, deal yeah, than what, what it that is. That was just his it's blue a, period. It's, yeah, it didn't, it's, it's a big matter. deal because you could only put about three names on there that the audience would actually recognize, right? Like, yeah. you, like <laughs> yeah. that's just sort of the thing, too. I mean, it's also it kind of made me laugh because the the reality, too, is an artist like Picasso, like if it was it said like Van Gogh you know, that would be a really big deal because Van Gogh made very few artworks over his lifetime. Picasso, that guy made so much stuff that the family, they like, mm. <laughs> after he died, they, they you know, would only release things slowly out to sale because if they put the whole of it out, the work would have been worth, I mean, not me- nothing, but it would have decreased the value because he made so much work that they had to like, okay, now we're going to put out this for sale. Now we're going to put out this for sale so that the they could keep the prices high. So it's like, yeah, you can lose a Picasso. It's fine. There's plenty more where that came from. <laughs> it's fine. There's a lot of them. <laughs> now, I know you mentioned before that this movie takes the first wave of the Monuments as to where there were multiple waves, how many more? There's really just like two. There's just really two parts um, to it, as far as I understand it. So, okay. like, this is sort of the first wave, which is the like the retrieval of the work, and then the second wave is more in the like the kind of boring stuff of like cataloging and preserving it, and sort of just like doing the <laughs> bookkeeping of like okay, figuring out where all the stuff goes, right, and identifying it because like. I don't know in, in every instance, I'm sure everything was not kept, like came with like a book that said, okay, this is this, this is this, this is where this goes. I mean, there wasn't a, a ledger with little highlighted dots. Oh, well, to, like, I actually know that did, that, that is real. Went. That, that, uh, that, that part okay. is based on at least the, the general um, spirit of it is she is based on a real person. And she did do that where she, she was a French woman who was working with the Nazis. Um, she was an employee of that museum and she, was covertly keeping records of all of that stuff because they thought she couldn't speak German. And so she was secretly keeping records. So that, that is in it, but that's very helpful in that okay. instance because she had those records for those works and a small, which were not all of the works recovered, but a small selection of them. So yeah, that's, that's kind of actually more what the second wave looked like probably was that kind of work where they're assembling those, taking those, artworks back to, you know, some of their like bases that were set up in museums and cultural centers and just trying to figure out like where to put this stuff. That's when, you know, those works from the Berlin museums were 
they decided to send them on tour, which was the the controversial decision. So that all happened in that that second half that's not really seen in the movie. All because Hitler flunked art school. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's all because of that, but that's what the movie told me. <laughs> and he wanted a museum. Uh, for ants. He wanted a museum for ants. A museum for ants, <laughs> yes. I did love that. I mentioned Do you know what that's from? Yeah, it's from Zoolander, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I did love that. We, I was mentioning this outside the theater with you guys that 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 shot of the model of the museum is like the only time I can think of like a really <laughs> sinister museum in a movie in a movie where it's just like <laughs> with Adolf Hitler looming behind it. <laughs> I just love the idea of like a sinister museum. Like it just we don't get to be that exciting usually in movies. Nightmare at the yeah. museum. Well, and he was going to put that, according to that model, at the like front and center of his town. Yeah. It was going to be like it the main attraction. Yeah, I think it was supposed to be in Linz. It would have been the place to yes, go. Yes, I think it was supposed to be in Linz, Austria. It's like his hometown. So it's like, you know, showing all the kids at school, look at me, I've got my own museum. <laughs> I failed art school, but yeah. I have a museum. What do you have? <laughs> Anything else? Do you have any, any lasting thoughts on the Monuments Men? One last thing. Actually, Archer and I were talking about it. I know it's weird to talk to my 11-year-old. Man, on screen, all the time, they make cigarettes look awesome. <laughs> like, and when they're smoking, I've, and I, act, I was actually talking to them, all my children about this the other day. I was like, guys, I don't smoke. I was like, but I always thought that smokers were cool. And I was like, I still do. Like, not vapors. But smokers, it's like just something like an old person smoking isn't cool to me. But like in a in a movie when they light one up, and as and any time I ever had a cigarette, like for real, like I'm gonna try to smoke one. It's like uh, it's yeah. not what I wanted it to be. Especially in a movie where it, it takes place in in you know like the 40s, the 50s. Like they rolled their they, own. They really, yeah, they really do make it look cooler. Yeah, it's just like I every time they get every because there's a lot of smoking in this film. And like, you know, they do the cool, like, whip it out with their teeth to pack and someone's got a light. And I'm like, ah, you <laughs> always, I always want one. I wanted to sit down with them and the German guy <laughs> and, and just, smoke. Just, just smoke. Yeah, one. I mean, smoking looks uh, cool. Even, even uh, when he's like, I don't, I don't smoke, but he, he ends up smoking <laughs> anyways. It. Smoking looks It does. Cool. It does look cool, man. <laughs> and it's going to only... If you're like young... I, I think do it's, it. yeah, that's right. Now's the time to start. You've got your whole life ahead of you. Um, oh my God. I think it's so funny because nobody, like, nobody <laughs> smokes anymore, it feels like. So, yeah, it, maybe we're only making smoking more cool by making it less, like, more scarce, you know? Like, it's, right. it's less and well, less. Well, I actually smoke. did my, my seven, almost 17 year old, he was like, He's like, vaping's dumb. Like, I don't really like the kids who do it in high school are kind of weird. He's like, but there are a couple kids who just like smoke a cigarette. And he's like, they're cool. And I'm like, <laughs> I bet they are. They're like hardcore over there. Like, what? You guys vaping with they're the really things? Smoking. Yeah, nice. put one of these in yeah. your mouth. I don't know why they're all wow. Italian or something, but like, why yeah. are they Italian? Yeah, smoking yeah. over there. <laughs> you heard it here first, guys. Yeah, here first. Smoking's cool again. Yep. I'm going to say, if you've seen The Monuments Man, I know this came out in 2014. You can let us know what you thought of it. Just go to wearethecinemaguys.com. It is not streaming on anything. Uh, it is streaming on IMDb TV. What? Yes. That's a thing? You yeah, can watch it on Amazon Prime. And, with, and you can sign up yeah, for free. Yeah, you can watch it on Amazon Prime with commercials, too. What? Yeah. That's yeah. a thing? I didn't know either one of these things IMDb were things. TV, it's commercials, but it is streaming on there. 
I would not want to watch this film with commercials. All right, let's move into at-home recommendations. We're going to let our guests start it off with a Cool, with a I few guess I won't. Recommendations. Share my few. Not, not you, Justin. You got to wait. <laughs> sure. Russell, let's yeah, hear it. Yeah, so um, I just watched this for the first time on HBO Max, which is Carnival of Souls from 1962 i think and it's a old black and white horror movie that it's made like super low budget but it also is beautifully shot like some of the the shots in this movie look like they're out of a fellini movie but the director he only i think made like this is his only movie everything else he did were like industrial shorts you know for like auto companies and things like that and it's great i it's also like 80 minutes or something so i just love a short movie uh so that delights me uh whenever i start a movie and see it's like you know 85 minutes or something that was great no don't even say it no he says he likes a movie that's beautifully shot and you don't say anything but if i said because he has taste when you said carnival of souls the first thing i thought of was there was a movie that came out with John C. Riley called The Vampire's Assistant. And oh it was God. originally exactly called like Carnival Day something or other. That was its original title. And then they changed it to Vampire's Assistant. And uh, anyways, I thought you were talking I about think, that movie I think first. there is another movie that was made. Like I think Wes Craven made a movie or something called Carnival of Souls 2. Like that is has nothing to do with this movie. Yeah, I'm sure there are others yeah. in the horror field. So, so this is that. the original one, uh, the older one. Yeah, so uh, I'll I'll leave that to my recommendation. I won't I I won't do, I didn't really think of anything else. So that that's mine. Oh, okay, all right. I'll go next. Go, go ahead, Cinemaiden. I have two. Number one, it's called. It's on HBO Max. It's called The Other Two. It's about like these two older siblings that young that's youngest sibling is like really famous, like Justin Bieber, and it's all the story about the other two siblings that are nobodies, basically. Mm. It's pretty oh, funny. Okay. I like it. I think I've seen a preview. It's for um totally just fun TV to watch. Um, and then the other thing, I'm watching the new season of American Horror Story, which is super good. Uh, with the aliens. Yes, it looks weird. Okay, I've so only, I've I have only a, seen the poster. I have of a theory. The alien in the. So I have a theory that demons. American Horror Story does things that are very relevant in culture, and there's a thing in this this season that's very much like blood sucking of children, which I think really goes in with QAnon the stuff that I've listened to about like what QAnon people believe. Yeah. And I was like, they Oh cry. my God, they're totally like making the elite oh. pedophile bloodsuckers in this season to like riff off of what's actually happening with these weird QAnon people. And I was like, this is yeah. amazing. And I went all in. I've never watched any American horror story. I, I love American horror story. It does look good. Love it. I just, I just got asked about it today. Uh, Rob from Movie Geek and Proud, he's like, have you been watching the new season? I was like, I haven't watched any of so them. So the new season, like they, I feel like the seasons are really good. They're good, not really good. They're good. Episode like one, two are really good. And then usually the middle gets a little like boring. And the last two or three episodes are always really, really, really good. Mm, okay. But I'm interested in this one. And the lecture one was really weird because that one went off weird stuff that was happening in our culture. And then the last one with the apocalypse was all about like preparing for the different apocalypses that we're bringing upon ourselves, which was super good. I highly recommend watching this. You don't need to watch any other season to watch this one. Aren't all their seasons kind of a standalone thing? They don't Um, Except for apocalypse. But also there's like weird 
connections between all of them oh, okay. that like people love to find and figure out. So that people who are in. into the series will pick it up. But yes. if you're new to it, you'd be like, eh, correct, eh, eh, eh. correct. Awesome. But it's so good. Okay. And I love what they do with the actors with American Horror Story. They're always the same group of actors with a few new ones trickled in. Like this one has Macaulay Culkin in it randomly what? enough. I love him. So I love it because you like look for the characters or the actors that you like in the series. Like I always loved Evan Peters. And so I always look for him and Sarah Paulson. It's okay. really good, guys. Okay. I think that's, that's the most that, I've talked about. I was going to say, that's the biggest that. recommend she's had in a while. I do want to see him. All right, Justin, go, two, go ahead now. Just two. Uh, one was I watched Better Luck Tomorrow, which is a Justin Lin movie from 2005. Oh, that's the, the Fast and the Furious prequel movie, right? Sort of, but sort of not, right? No, so it yeah, has it. Han, <laughs> the guy who plays Han, and he is playing Han solo yep. in this film. Uh, so it is the same character that we will, and he's in high school, he's a senior in high school, and we will see him again in Fast and the Furious, Tokyo Drift, for the first time. Or actually, I guess that's yeah. not the first time. That's the Well, that's the first time we see him. But that's not the first time in the story. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, weird, um, right, okay. The movie's actually really good. It's a it 90s film. It, um, it, it ends very down. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's got the guy from Harold and Kumar, who I really like. But anyways, it's just a cool 90s film, and it had a 90s feel to it, and I really, really liked it. It made me like Justin Lin a lot. I mean, I like Fast and Furious movies, but it made me see him as a different kind of director. I like him. And the other one that was my biggest surprise of the week is Jungle Cruise. Oh my god! <laughs> no, I'm serious. It is I, so. Yeah, I'm serious. I sat down. And I, I was really like, liked it. I was like, I do not want to watch this stupid movie. And about it's ten fun. minutes in, I was like, I felt like it was the first time I saw when I first saw Pir- Pirates of the Caribbean, being like, Oh my gosh, this is actually fun. That's how Jungle Cruise was. And, it was really fun. It was a how fun good, story. How good were the Rock's dad jokes the whole time? No, I didn't care about that. But like his, he was. It was just a fun, exciting adventure i liked it I, I really enjoyed it i thought they played off each other really yeah, well in no. the movie and it, yeah anyways it was uh really so good. you should see jungle cruise well i have two also uh my first one is a low budget horror movie from 1993 it's called ticks i really oh, enjoyed it i've seen ticks it it stars a young like Seth green yeah they're gross yeah they're really gross i think i've seen this you can see it on tubi for free. Pre or post Airborne, Seth Green? Mm, 1993. When did Airborne come out? Oh, I think it's like it's more right around the same year. 90. Okay. Might have been. But my other one is on, you know, your guys' favorite streaming service, Shudder. Oh, yeah. The one where everyone <laughs> likes Pig. No, it's not the one where everyone likes Pig. But it, it just came out today. It's called Superhost. And it is... About COVID-19? No, it's about a crazy Airbnb person. Oh way better God. than the rental. Uh, the rental was I'll, good. I will say that. And I thought the was rental was fun. good. But yes, it is on Shutter. Russell, I want to thank you for coming on The Cinema Guys and talking to us. Sure. Thank you for having me. Besides the art museum, where can, we, where can anyone find the Art Palace podcast that you do? Yeah, just, I mean, anywhere you find podcasts, as usual, there's no better way to say that, is there? It always sounds awkward, but yeah, just look us up, Art Palace. We've been around for, I think, almost the exact same time you have. We were talking about this uh, when you guys came to the 
to do Art Palace. So there's plenty of episodes, though. I don't do them as regularly. We're bi-weekly, and then I think I'm I'm dropping down to monthly this month, so there'll be even less to look forward to. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe they'll be twice as good. Besides the Monuments Men exhibit, is there anything in the art museum that we should that people should be looking out for? You can see uh, paintings, politics, and the Monuments Men uh, until October 3rd. We also have American Painting, the 80s Revisited, which is, I, I think, we don't know when it's ending, so it'll be there for a while. And then we've got a few cool exhibitions coming up, which are uh, Simply Brilliant, uh, which is a show of jewelry from the 60s and 70s. That's going to be starting on Ooh. October 22nd. Yeah, it's really, it's really oh. fun. There's a lot of cool stuff in that. And then in November, we have Carol Walker, Cut to the Quick, um, and she's a great Okay. Uh, contemporary artist. So, uh, yeah. So th- those are some things that are going on and coming up soon. You guys are doing another kind of a tie-in to the Monuments Men, right? You're like motion. What What do you guys call the it? Train. The, uh, Moving images. There you go. Yeah. So the train is coming up. That's on September 23rd at 7:30 p.m. and it's an outdoor screening on Art Climb. We're not doing any indoor screenings right now at the museum for a while, so all of them are going to be outdoors. I'm actually planning a horror film fest, Brad. Oh, really? Yes. Um, I've been hiding that. (laughs) And so that's, if everything goes all right, obviously COVID is changing my plans uh, right now. So right now I'm thinking we will also probably need to be outside for that. And it's that is going to shorten my film festival down to a double feature because we're going to have to start a little bit later to because it has to be dark enough outside. And yeah. uh, so yeah. we're going to do House, which is a Japanese Ooh, horror a film. Yeah. Oh, the Japanese House. Okay. Yes, yes. The, the, the Criterion Collection one, not the Ding Dong, You're Dead one. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I do love that Brad said that's a good one when he didn't know it was the Japanese one yet. <laughs> it, it's, I do like the other house very much. It's a really silly movie, so I would say it's. you should check it out. It's really great. Our theme is actually about ghosts this year, so okay. then the other one uh, we're going to show after that is The Others. Oh, I like that oh, movie. I love that movie. I like that movie a lot. Yeah. Movie. So we're doing House and The Others. Do you know when the date is at for that? October 9th. Mm. That's a okay. Saturday. And we'll probably be starting around 7.30 now, since that is, I believe, when sunset is. <laughs> so that's kind of oh, determining our start so time. All right, well, check out all those fun events. And that will do it for another episode of The Cinema Guys. We'll be back in a couple weeks with a new episode. But just make sure you subscribe and you'll never miss it. But until next time, maybe we will see you at the movies. Girl, we'll start adding that. Is that better? I like it. At the end? <laughs> and girl, I said three friends. I just like that it took an outsider to really make you guys see. <laughs> I was never against it. I but just it's Brad not was. Change my mind at all. I stopped caring. <laughs> yeah, we know. <laughs>